If you would, please uh, stand and turn your Bibles to Malachi 3, 7, and we'll read verses 7 through 12. And I'm not on the right page. There we go. Here's some pages turning, so I'll give you a minute. All right. The Bible says, says, Even from the days of our fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now wherewith sh- saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall be no room, there shall be not room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall cast you, shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for this night, and just thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak your word, Lord, and just to help settle my nerves and just help me to present what you laid upon my heart, Lord, and just to, uh, we love you and we thank you. In Christ's name, amen. All right. So the title I picked for this is Nobody likes to be robbed, so why do we rob God? So now, so now if you would have just stopped and read verse 8, you would have thought, oh, great, another message on tithing, another message about money. Well, that's a small part of it, but hopefully you'll stick with me and see that there's more to it than just giving. So... A little back note on this, how I came about this is about four years ago when I first became a deacon, I'd read it out of devotional, something along these lines, and a God laid it upon my heart and told me if I ever got the chance to preach, this is what he wanted. And then when preacher told us in January that we were going to be preaching this year, this came right to my mind, first thing. And then we were at the couples retreat, and it was like, I don't know, two o'clock or so in the morning, God woke me up and started giving me what he wanted me to say. So I got my phone out and started typing it out on my phone. And then a few weeks later, God woke me up again about one o'clock in the morning. So I got up and left the room so I didn't wake Rachel up. And again, I started typing it out on my phone so I didn't lose my thoughts because a lot of times God will speak to us and we think, oh, we can remember it. And then, and then you forget it. So I was like, I don't want to forget this because I'm going to need it. It's what I, it's what I need. <laughs> so, so what was the problem with the Israelites? The problem was God was accusing them of robbing him, which is a serious accusation. No one wants to be accused of robbing someone. So the response was, where have we robbed thee? The answer was simple, and it was direct. They had robbed God in the areas of tithes and offerings. 
they were guilty from withholding their tithes and offerings from God. They had taken what belonged to God and used it for themselves. They were thieves. No one wants that label to be called a thief. At least I don't, anyways. So, so many people today would look at tithes as being offerings as given, been given or withheld from the church because it is a place of worship that they are given. But the tithe, though it is given to be used through the church, belongs to God. So, what was the result of their problem? Because of their sin, God told them they were cursed, and with a curse, and that they, the devourer was thus free to destroy their fruit. So, it's a small example of destroying your fruit. I put out a garden this year because we have a little more area than we normally have and uh, got a deer. He came through, ate all my tomatoes. I had 25 tomato plants. I've had two tomatoes. <laughs> I had 16 pepper plants. They're this tall. No, no peppers. Um, so yeah, he was eating all my sweet corn, so we're going to find him this winter, hopefully. <laughs> but that's what, what I thought of when it says here, the devourer is free to destroy their fruit. I put out that fruit, but the deer devoured it and destroyed it, so I have nothing. Thankfully, my father-in-law's garden is doing much better than mine, so he's providing for me. So also, and then it goes on, they couldn't prosper, but God, but God also gave them a pro- promise too, though. He says that if you would repent and be faithful in their giving to him, he would open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall be not room enough to receive it. That's, what, that, that's, that's a great promise there. Got a... Our property we bought, it's got a 40 by 60 shop, and uh, that's a big shop, and I don't think I'll ever be able to fill it, but the previous owner, he sure tied. It was, it was, he, he had a lot of stuff in there, but that's, that's something to think about. There's, there's, just, there's not enough room in heaven. So, going on, anyways. Could you imagine someone robbing God? Could you imagine what that would be like, how they would feel. Why would anyone want to rob God, especially those who claim salvation and forgiveness of sins through their death of his, his son on the cross of Calvary? Have we robbed God? It's a question to ask ourselves. Although the prophet Malachi especially addressed the problem of disobedience in the matter of tithes and offerings, we could also say that we rob God in other ways. That's where I'm said, if you stick with me, it's not more than, it's more than the money, said, <clears throat> I lost my place, sorry, maybe, maybe God is working on you about that or another way you're robbing him, is it time, are you giving, are you giving him enough time every day, how, how well, how are you doing that, you ask, are you spending time reading your Bible every day? Are you, like preacher says, we should spend time every day reading his word, getting, getting to know God, seeing what he has for us. 
Are you, are you going to him in prayer? Are you, are you praying to him every day? First thing you do when you wake up and you go to bed and throughout the day, do you pray? Ask God for help? In First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Acts 6.4 says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And another verse, Philippians 4.6 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto the Lord. I looked up supplication to see what it meant. It basically means especially earnest prayer and petition. So, I mean, prayer is important. We need, it needs to be part of our lives. How about witnessing to others? Do we, do we take time and witness, tell others about Jesus and tell them about church, invite them to church. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through 20 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So as you can see, that it is a pretty clear statement to all of us believers that we're supposed to be witnessing to others and telling them about the Lord. Two pages down, three to go. <laughs> if, if you ask God, he will show you what areas or, area or areas you might be lacking in and robbing him of. In the end, when it comes down, down to it, not only are you robbing the Lord, but you're also robbing yourself and you're robbing your immediate family of any possible blessing the Lord wants to bestow upon you, but, are you, but you're unwilling to give to him first. And when, I, when I thought of that, the story that came to my mind and thought and Lord told, reminded me about was the story of Achan, and that's in Joshua 7. I'm sure that you all heard, read that or know about it, but it's, it's when he, the, they were going in and, and they, God told them to destroy everything in the city and leave nothing behind. But Achan, he took some stuff and then he hid it in his tent. And it affected not only him, but it, it affected the entire nation and his family. In the end, the Lord said for Achan to be killed, but not only Achan, his whole family and everything he owned. Was just wiped out. So, so your sin affects other people too, not just yourself. Just like Achan, when we sin and rob God of what belongs to him, we are also affecting those that are watching us, even if we think no one is. So be aware of temptation to rationalize your sins by saying they are too small or too personal to hurt anyone but you. Sin has drastic consequences so we should take drastic measures to avoid it. If we always have some, someone watching, we always have someone watching us. That is why it is important to always strive to do our best. When, when we mess up, we need, we need to let those that are close to us see when we mess up and that we repent, that we've repented of it and, we, and that our print of our mistake and not try to deny it or cover it up like Achan tried to hide 
what he did by taking it and hiding in his tent. It still found him out in the end, and it's, he still died over over what a robe and some coins. And then it, his whole family died too, not just him. Instead, we need to go to God in repentance, and like he promised, to bless Israel, and if they repented, he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, 1 John 1.9. By nature, humans are selfish. We try to do things with the mentality of, what do I have to gain from this? In Luke 6.38, the Lord says, Give, and it shall shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over. All shall, shall men give unto their bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Basically what the verse is saying is if you're, if you're measured by how generous or stingy you are, if you're generous, generosity will be returned to you. If you're stingy and uncharitable, such will be the standard with which you are judged. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8 says, But this I say, he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity. Or For God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound for you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work, you, you may be afraid to give generously because you're afraid you'll not have enough to meet your own needs. Paul assured the Corinthians here that God was able to meet their needs, so don't you think he can still meet our needs today? If he could do it way back then, he can still do it today. Don't let your lack of faith keep you from che- giving cheerfully and generously. We shouldn't want to... We should want to give of ourselves not only because it's the right thing to do, but should we do it because look at what all Jesus has given to us when we didn't even deserve any of it to begin with. And then I have an illustration here. Uh, anyone with multiple kids knows exactly what I mean about humans being selfish. Kids are a perfect example of being selfish. When all when all three of our kids play together, sometimes even just two of them are together, you can guarantee there's going to be an argument or a fight at some point. And it won't be long, usually. Why? Because they're selfish. And someone always, and someone always thinks they must get their way. God, God, God wants us... God wants us to give to him, not because he needs us to, but because it shows him that we are submissive to his will with our lives and that we are willing to follow and trust him with what he has for us. Our lives are not our lives and not trying to do it on our own. We shouldn't have the attitude of, I don't need God for this. I can handle this on my own. Last page. You guys have been listening good, so I'm getting through it quick. <laughs> so, so, so now let's go back to the beginning and think about the title again. Nobody likes to be robbed, so why do we rob God? Sorry, Brett, I've got to use you for my example here. But uh, think back to the night 
your Jeep was stolen from the parking lot. And think about how, of all the, of the church parking lot of all places. And, th and think about how that, made, how that made you feel. Now everyone else, think of a similar situation, situation that's happened in your life and how you, felt, how you felt about it and how you wanted to handle it. Now let's take those feelings and imagine how Jesus feels when we rob him of the simple things he asks from us as believers. The, the song says, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. But do we truly mean that? Are we truly living our lives like we truly believe we owe him it all, or are we just giving him a little? And lastly, how's everything in your life going right now? Is everything you... Is it everything you thought it would be when you started on the journey you're currently on? If not, how much better could, could you be and your journey be right now if you would have started it by asking God if this is the path he had laid out for you and had listened to him and followed him? Consider, consider tonight this is the proverbial why in the road for your life, and are you willing to con continue on the road slash path you're going down, not, which is probably not the path God had laid out for you? Or are you willing to turn back to the Lord and seek his guidance on which direction you should go? He only wants, what, wants the best for our lives, but in return, we have to give him the best of ourselves. Are you robbing God? And if so, why don't you take care of that tonight? Thank you for listening to me and what the Lord laid on my heart. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Are you robbing God? Are you robbing God of His time that you should be giving Him? or the talent that he's given you that you should be giving back to him, or even treasure.